0: Sound. 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 Music. Acoustic. Noise. Sound.
1: I have a favourite sound, I think.
0: Sound. Sound. Ultrasonic. How they listen.
1: Just a little
0: The one place where it sounds the best. You're listening to Sound Sound Matters.
2: (laughs) Hi, you're listening to Sound Matters, a podcast brought to you by Bang & Olofsson. My name is Tim Hinman. I'd like to start this show by letting one of this week's guests just talk without any introduction for a minute. And I want you to try and figure out what on earth he might be talking about. I'll give you an easy clue. He'll be talking about something to do with music. There's one other thing too. You really ought to have some decent headphones on while you're listening to this edition or some decent speakers to listen to because there's going to be a lot of fancy sound design and a lot of pretty loud and very deep bass sound too so those teeny weeny laptop speakers just won't cut the mustard so consider yourself properly warned let us begin with the mystery
0: middle c is um is yellow a d is green dark green An e is wednesday and also blue An F is green, uh, a G is blue, an A is uh, light brown, uh, and a B is blue. Any ideas?
2: It is mysterious indeed.
1: Sound is about a kind of mystery.
2: A mystery in which everything seems to be all mixed
0: up. Is Mondays, yellow. Is uh, Tuesday is is Mondays yellow, uh, Tuesdays Wednesday brown, is d- is Wednesdays blue, Thursdays light brown, Fridays dark green, Saturdays red, Sundays is ready brown. All
2: kinds of sense impressions mixed up and crossing over into each other. Now, if you've never experienced that or heard about anyone else experiencing that, you're about to find out that that experience has a name. It's called synesthesia it's a condition in fact and it affects the people who have it in many different ways. It certainly has a very profound effect on this man's life
0: and work. My name is Nick Ryan I'm a sound artist and composer and audio specialist. Synesthesia is a big part of my work and my experience as a human and it's something that I've always experienced and actually a lot of people do experience the world in a synesthetic way. As many as 1 in 23 people have some form of synesthesia. The most common form is grapheme colour synesthesia, which entails associating colours with graphemes or days of the week, numbers, letters of the alphabet. Um, I have that. Um, but I also have a slightly less common form of synesthesia, where I associate what I see with sound and what I hear with my visual imagination. And that's called colour sound synesthesia. So for example, when I listen to a piece of music, I imagine shapes and colours, but also line and colour. and. That's a sort of automatic response for me, but no one else can experience that. So I'm very interested in trying to portray it and bring it into reality. Take it out of my imagination, if you like, and put it on the page. For now, I'd like you to use your
2: imagination just a little. I suggest you join me on this tropical beach here in Jamaica. Where I'm going to meet my next guest, Professor Julian Henriquez.
1: My name is Julian Henriquez. I'm a professor at Goldsmiths, University of London. My research interest is in sound, and particularly the sound of the popular culture of Jamaica.
2: Just let the gentle waves wash a little white sand between your toes. Let your senses take over. Take a deep breath. Inhale the smell of the warm Caribbean sea, the warm sun on your skin. Relax and set your senses free. Now this is all going to make perfect sense very soon, I promise.
1: We have to approach the senses, not with caution, but we have to unpick a lot of what we think we understand because otherwise we're going to be very limited and we're going to be very restricted in understanding how they work on us as whole human beings, as whole bodies. So we're getting bombarded in all senses at all times and we choose to separate them out when we're thinking about them. But how we actually experience them is always as a whole.
2: We need to understand just how everything we sense that isn't sound affects what we hear and, of course, how everything we hear affects what we see, feel, touch, and so on.
1: We tend to, even though we've heard something, right, we tend to attribute it to how it looks, that what gives the feel of a place is the sound vibration, the reflections, the surfaces. And so we associate a room or a building as being soft or hard or warm or cold.
2: Let's try this out. We'll walk away from the beach here, into this little church over here. Notice how it gets cool. As soon as we get inside. It's almost cold in here.
1: We attribute that to how it looks, but in actual fact, we've got that information about whether it's warm or cold through our ears and the reflections that we pick up from the different surfaces. And so if we think more of an experience in terms of intensities that operate across senses, I find that a more useful and accurate way of describing it. Like for example, rhythm. You have rhythm in music, but you can also have rhythm in images.
2: Okay, so far so good, I think. Our senses, all of them get mixed up when we see, hear, smell, and touch the world. The more intense the impression, the stronger it is. And now, there's rhythm to think about too. Repeating patterns in our eyes, just like beats in our ears. Here's Nick Ryan again.
0: So one of the things that I first noticed was the connection between visual rhythm and auditory rhythm. Fences seen from a car and listening to craft work at the same time, the computer world, and noticing a very, very strong correlation between rhythmic elements in the sound and rhythmic elements in my vision. For Nick, of course, just hearing music
2: also makes him see visual patterns.
0: And I was also very struck when touching a brick wall that certain frequencies in the sound were amplified. So I remember all the high-frequency content of the audio sort of jumped out when I touched the surface of the wall because the surface of the wall was very finely grained brickwork. So tiny things tend to make high sounds and and big things tend to make low sounds. It's quite cartoon-like a lot of the time actually. You know, if I think about computer world, I think about the color yellow and I think about lots of little little blocks of sort of hardwood, tiny little squares, which are all the beats and they're sort of flying past in a geometric pattern but they're held in, in three-dimensional space and they're lots of different colors and different sizes. It
2: wasn't till Nick was a grown-up that he really found out that his way of perceiving the world wasn't quite the same as everyone else around him.
0: I discovered that synesthesia is a thing, I suppose, when I was in my late 20s. I couldn't really believe that other people didn't didn't experience the world in that way. It's probably true for all of us that the way we see and hear the world is all about
2: which kind of world we grew up in. For Professor Julian Henriquez, Jamaica was the logical place to start his journey into sound.
1: I was born in, in England, in Yorkshire, in fact, but I've been going back to Jamaica, which is where a lot of my family come from, Jamaica, and I've been going back there for holidays but also for work. And so it's a place and a culture which I feel thoroughly at home.
2: After a full day of fun, what can be better than a relaxing interlude? Specifically, I should mention here, Julian Henriquez is into Jamaican sound systems. I told you there'd be some bass involved.
0: The of the ska.
1: So when it came to research, I began looking at the sound of reggae music and how it was made and what's distinctive about it. And so I'm thinking here not so much about musical form, which is interesting in terms of rhythms and instrumentation and stuff but also about the kind of texture, the timbre which is really about the feel of the sound
2: So Henriquez wants to understand something about the feel of sound a specific sound the kind of sound that comes out of Jamaican sound systems. For Nick Ryan, his unique way of experiencing the world through synesthesia, knowing something we don't know about how sound can cross the lines between the senses, has led him to investigate just what goes on inside us when we hear sound.
0: When we listen to a sound, or when we hear a sound, in the first portion of our experience, we have a sensory response, which is akin to the feeling you get when you put your hand in boiling water by mistake before you realise what it means. So it's just a sensory experience. It's electrical charge passing through a neural network, but it's not, it doesn't have any meaning. The infinitesimally short time later, The sound is then passed into our sort of integrated part of our cortex where we bring meaning to it. So I think synesthesia happens in the sensory part, not in the cognitive part. When you explain it, most people can appreciate it if you give them a very easy-to-understand example. So if you ask most people where lemons are on a piano they will all put their hands at the top of the keyboard but if you if you tell someone that when you listen to a piece of music on your ipod you see color most people have no idea what you're talking about
2: well do you and what color do these sounds have here in the background do they have a shape what pattern do they have what do they feel like Unless you're one of the one in 23 or so people Nick Ryan believes experience some kind of synesthesia, it's really not going to bother you. The senses always get mixed up. Signals always crisscross each other. That's just what it's like to be a human being, to sense things. It's what it's like to sense anything, even if we don't really think it is.
1: We tend to assume that, well, we listen through our ears, which of course we do, but the rest of the body is also very useful for listening and so when the volumes are sufficiently high you can actually feel it well literally from top to toe of your body you can feel it literally in the different organs of your body you can feel it in your bones
2: the best kind of music to hear in your bones well how about some jamaican dancing? In a sound system,
1: dance on the street under the stars in Jamaica, you're getting a full-on sensory experience. It's about touch, right? it's about other people you might brush against, or in the queue, it's about smell, whether that's ganja or the jerk chicken, or it won't be jerk chicken, it'll be drum chicken. You know, there's all kinds of smells, or just the smell of of alcohol, and then there's a whole visual sort of repertoire. The experience you kind of interpret through the sound, but the sound is somehow enriched by all the other senses. But it is a very, very full-on, memorable, pleasurable, shared experience, which I love. (laughs) The bass is an important part of the of the sound system because the bass takes the most amplifying power to work. What you're able to do there is is actually have a physical impact on the body. You know the really serious dancehall goers will actually plug their ears and actually get almost into the bass bins
2: right so
1: that they can have a full
2: body experience of the bass okay come on let's climb into the bass bin literally bathed
1: in sound you feel it on your clothes Right, so you will vibrate your trouser legs I mean not so much these days because trousers are tighter but in the older days it was, you, you get a sort of flap of fabric which would tell you that there's some bass around if you weren't hearing it um, and it, it also affects your heart because the, the, the bass is your heartbeat
2: From your heart to your brain perfect mix. What happens when music sounds just right?
0: I often need to invent new ways to make sound to represent a particular sound that I hear in my mind. My process is to sort of go through a load of different sounds, you know, in a particular area. So I sometimes find something that's close to what I hear, but it's never exact. And there's no substitute for it being perfect. It has to be exactly what I'm hearing. Um, So, for example, I have frozen contact microphones in blocks of ice and placed them in boiling water and recorded the sound of them melting because that sort of that was the closest I could get to a particular experience I had of touching the surface of a tree. I've also attached contact microphones to the tyres of a car and got a driver to drive very, very slowly over a gravel driveway, uh, again to represent the sensation of touching what I call low-frequency texture, so stuff like the bark of a tree or a rock or soil. That kind of... Sort of um, Granularity of texture.
2: Making the sound move and affect people's minds and bodies is as crucial to good musical composition and production as it is to designing a good sound system.
1: To get better clarity, what you do is to divide the frequency range of the musical signal. And the sound systems in here and Jamaica divide it in five different frequency bands, from the treble and the tweeters at the top to the bass bin in the bottom. And so you've sort of disaggregated the sound spectrum, you've amplified it separately, and then what the sound system does is to mix that together. It's like mixing together very pure colours, to use a, a visual metaphor. And the purer the colours, the brighter the mix is going to be.
2: The colour of sound, the sound of colour, brightness, sound, shape, texture. For most of us, something we choose to experience, and it's why I said at the start that I hope you're listening to this show on a pair of OK speakers or a decent set of headphones. It's because I want you to hear the sound I made and not just the words. But for Nick Ryan, that immersive feeling, it's kind of what it's like all the time. Even just looking at the microphone that's in front of him right
0: now. So in this case, I'm looking at the microphone, and I can hear what it sounds like. And its sound is very related to its shape, its form, and its colour as well. So this microphone is long and thin and cylindrical, and the sound that it creates in my mind as a shape has something to do with the resonance of a long, thin tube. And it's monotonous, possibly because it's grey. It's not a chord, so it's monophonic. So on the keyboard it would be maybe an octave above middle C. So it's not purely to do with the sound that that would make if I hit it. But in order to know what that sounds like, I have to ask myself, what does that sound like? And that's to do with the fact that there are so many things that I can look at. I'm not afflicted with hearing them all simultaneously, which I am when I'm listening to sound, the other way around. When I'm hearing, I'm seeing everything all the time. But thank God, this way around, I'm not aware of everything, so I can choose what to hear. Now, Art Meets Science. A sound system can be
1: described as a, well, as a sonic laboratory, really, because of the attention to sound that you don't get anywhere else.
0: Right now, them can't check me with no lightweight stuff. They got to come on with something real heavy and loaded with dynamite.
1: The idea of, of science is important, but it's science in two senses. There's science as you think about it in terms of experimentation but then there's what i would call a subtle science which is a kind of science that goes back perhaps to alchemy and it's more like magic or voodoo or a kind of traditional way of understanding how sound works and what science is and science won't be said science as that it'd be said science
2: as with all good science science you need some scientists to do the work, to test, build and approve bigger and better sound systems to rock the dance floor like never before. A
1: guy called Horace McNeil. he would talk about book learning because he went to electrical college and he'd talk about his own, if you like, intuitive understanding of how a sound works. What they're testing for is, is if you like a continuity or a wholeness of the signal that feels right. In my view from what I've you know learnt from the engineers that that, that that feeling is what you have to go on. Because it's no use telling an audience, oh yeah this is what it says in the textbook that this you know this is has no you have to go by what you what you actually experience you know it becomes also a personal thing I and mean, I've had an engineer you know with a graphic equalizer say well you know me personally I just don't like that the frequency. It annoys me and he cuts it out right I say, oh, okay fine and so so what you're getting is is a is a personal mix from each engineer and so it's a bit like someone's speaking voice that you know that's your character and I got nothing but respect and admiration for the care that they take and the knowledge that they have, not just about the electronics, but also about the way that the sound affects the bodies of
2: the audience or the crowd. Wait for that bass to drop and see the crowd go wild. They say that seeing is believing. What would you say, then, that listening is? There must be a difference, right?
0: Nick Ryan, again. The difference between the experience of seeing and the experience of listening is that there is an unavoidable axis of time in the listening experience that doesn't necessarily exist in the same way in our visual experience or our haptic experience. So this object in space has a beginning and an end but it persists so it's here now and it's still here now and it's still here now and it's not changed whereas a sound is experienced only in the present moment you can imagine how you would have a sound that would start very gradually perhaps a chord played by an orchestra And it would build and then it would sustain for a period of time and then it would decay. So if you look at an image, one can experience the whole image at once. The gaze, as it's called, does not exist in listening. It's not up for debate. It's not interpretive. It's instinctive.
1: We are basically liquid right so if you're vibrated as a liquid you're going to find it so the stomach you're going to feel it there your genitals you're going to feel it there your heart your chest eyeballs you know um, even your you know your skull is a reverberating and you have different chakras in the body which are vibrational centers so i see this as working not just on the physical body which it certainly does do but also on the what could call the subtle body and that if we Understand ourselves in terms of vibrating frequencies, which you know might sound a bit hippy dippy, but I think there's a lot in that as well.
0: You also are able to experience all elements of the image at the same time. So, if you were to look at a a photograph or a painting of an ocean scene, you would see the sky and the sun and the sea and the beach all at the same time. Sound is not experienced in that way. Mm. One tends to hear a particular component of sound, Mm. but you also experience it episodically, Mm. in chunks, and you only experience it in the present. Mm. So in a way, we're sort of required to do the impossible, which is to be in the very present to experience sound Mm. as a sense but also be in the past to draw associations between what we're hearing and what we've heard. And that's when a sound takes on meaning. But then we're also, particularly in the case of listening to music, we're also required to be in the future as well, because it's what happens next which makes something a melody or a rhythm. There's no such thing as a piece of music if it's only happening now.
1: music is affecting each individual body in the crowd but also the bodies are being affected together so you get perhaps I don't know this more kind of imaginative a a sort of a resonating between the vibrating parts of different people's bodies in the crowd which could be one way of explaining the actual well the pleasurable nature of this shared experience between the members of the crowd and so all I can say is it is pleasurable
2: And that's nearly all for this edition of Sound Matters. I hope it's been as pleasurable for you to listen to as it
0: was for me to make.
2: At least a little bit more colourful
0: than your average podcast. Some triads would be brown. Well, fourths, all fourths are brown, in my opinion. Whatever octave they (laughs) are. Brown, well, then I wouldn't give them the credit of being brown. They're sort of torp.
2: A huge thank you to composer and sound artist Nick Ryan.
0: Middle C is, um, is yellow, a D is green, dark green, an E is Wednesday and also blue, an F is green, an A is uh, light brown, and a B is blue. And thanks
2: to Professor Julian Henriquez.
1: But in a way, you know, I've studied this a lot, but in a way there's a bit of it I don't want to understand. I just want to enjoy it, right? I mean, you know, it's not that the understanding destroys the pleasure, but I don't want to have to dig into it so far that, that everything's under control. I, you know, sound is about a kind of mystery.
2: Indeed Aruni, sound is about a kind of mystery. That's about the best possible line I could have thought of, not only to end this show with, but to end this whole season of Sound Matters. If you want to see and hear some of Nick Ryan's amazing work, he has a website, which is nickryanmusic.com. If you wish to delve deeper into the mysteries of Professor Julian Henrique's work, then I can only recommend his book, Sonic Bodies, Reggae Sound Systems, Performance Techniques and Ways of Knowing, which is published by Bloomsbury. A giant thank you to Andrea Rangecroft for interviews, research and editing throughout this season. And thanks to Nathaniel Bozinski from Bang & Olufsen, who makes this whole thing happen. As I said, this was the final episode of this season of Sound Matters, but I will be back, and soon, with another eight shows, this time from eight different cities around the world, with a bit of luck. So please stay tuned. This has been Sound Matters. A podcast about sound and things that matter. Brought to you by Bang & Olufsen. Sound. sound. Sound.
0: Music. Acoustic. Noise. Sound. I have a favourite sound, I think. Sound. Ultrasonic. How they listen. Just a little Boop. The one place where it sounds the best. You're listening
1: to sound. Sound matters. <laughs>